Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Welcome Pastor Ross as he comes to share the word. He's doing well. <laughs> Thanks, Dale. Wow. For those who weren't here last week, the story of my sling. 13 days ago, I was riding my bike, doing an hour's bike ride, getting really fit. And a car came out of side street, didn't see me for the sunlight. And I went uh, for a flying through the air and landing on the bitumen, which isn't a good way to move. So I got four broken ribs and a uh, broken shoulder bone uh, blade. And uh, we're in a journey of pain, but God's healing us. And uh, so thank you so much for your prayers. My face was a mess and it's already healed up within a week, which was amazing. That was so, so good. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> and I remember Tim and uh, Lydia and, and Rachel and Matt came and saw me in hospital that night. And there was blood everywhere and skin off everywhere. And I could see them looking, thinking, I wonder what sort of wedding photos we're going to have in three weeks' time. Because <laughs> Matt and Rachel are getting married in two weeks' time. But God's good. He takes us on a journey. And today I'm going to preach on don't waste your pain. But let's reach out and believe for God to touch us right now. As we were singing that song, I believe in miracles. I believe there are miracles happening in this house. God is changing life. There are people here today that God's going to impact you. It might change an attitude or a decision. There might be a breakthrough for you. Let's reach up to heaven for a moment. Let's ask God to speak to us. Father, you're so good. We thank you for your presence right now in this place. Lord, I thank you that you are the God of miracles. Lord, you're the one who watches over us. I thank you for your grace that works in our lives. And I pray, Holy Spirit, right now through your word, you would speak to every heart. Lord, let faith be alive in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Everyone shouted? Give someone a high five and let's take our seats. Well, it's great to have the young people back. Who did the most uh, rides on the water slide? How many? 20. 20 rides on the water slide. Mate, that's a lot of climbing. <laughs> wow. Well done, guys. Great to have you back. And uh, really is good. Who's been watching the Paralympics? Oh, mate, they just amaze me. When uh, watching some of those people. I've been going through a bit of pain with this... Uh, shoulder and everything and I watch some of these Paralympians I think some of them have lived a life of pain or disability for years or decades and watching some of the amazing feats that they're doing and the training that's required and I just think wow wow I watched this Indian high jump anyone see the Indian high jump with the club foot there was two Indian high jump one guy had a club foot so he couldn't run up to the to the high jump bar he'd sort of just stagger up there and uh and we'd get to the bar and then he would leap off his one good leg and he cleared 1.87 meters off a standing jump with one leg straight over the bar and I'm just thinking there wow and the, the commentators were there saying how did he do that he's got a he's got a he's got his own uh, spring inside of his legs and I thought wow and some of the amazing and I was sharing about that in the first service at the end of the service a couple came up to me and said you need to come and meet I think it was their niece she was a Paralympian in Beijing and won a bronze medal in the 200 metres race. She was here in the first service this morning. So I had a chance to chat with her and uh, she had one hand that wasn't formed. So she was able to be in the running race and she works on Thursday Island in uh, disabilities up there on Thursday Island. And she was here in the first service. I thought, wow, 
God, you use people. And we all have our journey. Sometimes we go through times of pain, physical pain, when there's an accident or illness. Sometimes we go through mental or emotional pain when there is broken families, when there's disappointments. And sometimes we go through things and we just don't know how to process it. And we are very good at avoiding, denying, minimizing our pain. But God sometimes wants us to walk through the pain, not avoid it or minimize it or try and uh, explain it away or just think, well, I can't cope. None of us like suffering and pain because Jesus has come to heal and to set us free to live an abundant life. But there are times of suffering and pain because we live in a world where there is an active spiritual enemy. There are a lot of broken, wounded, selfish people that end up wounding one another. And sometimes we don't even need any, anyone to help us. We do it to ourselves by just dumb living. And yet in the middle of all that, God's grace can be there. And we don't preach or talk a lot about pain or suffering because we're overcomers, we're victorious, and, and faith brings the victory. And all of us have probably got stories of how God has rescued us. Even with this accident, I realize it could have been so much worse. No head injuries, no internal injuries, no leg injuries. And when you come off a bike and uh, land on the, uh, the road, anything could have happened. And I just thank God that it's, I flipped in there and landed on my shoulder, which meant um, it all took all the impact and... Uh, and my bike, it's in the shed ready to ride again. The chain came off, the handlebars are a bit crooked and hardly a scratch on it. So it's sitting there waiting for me to get well enough to ride it again. I thought, I just don't get that. <laughs> Things happen in life and we can't always explain or understand. But God wants us to know how do we handle suffering and pain. I started looking at the Bible and I was staggered the hundreds and hundreds of verses in the Bible, on suffering and pain and persecution, and we rarely read them. We rarely address them or preach on them because we think, oh, we, wanna, we have such a success culture, a youth culture. We want everything to work out, and we don't know how to handle pain and suffering. But there's a whole pile of people in this church here today and across our city that are suffering silent pain inside of their hearts in their minds and torment and, and rejection and I don't know how to cope and so we self-medicate and we avoid and we run away or we take the pain out on other people and blame someone else. And, but I just see Jesus is there to help walk us through this amazing journey to heal us. We believe in miracles. We believe for the God of breakthrough. But what happens when you believe for a breakthrough and it doesn't happen straight away or the way you think and you've got to walk for a journey of maybe days, weeks, months or years before things turn around? What do you do between the prayer and the breakthrough? Let's look at three guys in the, in the Bible. I love these guys. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Hebrews chapter 3. Some of you know these uh, guys. They were probably young men, maybe 16, 17, 18. We're not sure how old they were. But listen to their story. Um, they were taken as exiles. They were godly young men. They were in a godless culture. And the king, we'll call him King Neb. He had a big, long name. So King Neb, he got a bit vain. He built this 30-meter high um, statue of himself and said, when the music plays, you've got to bow down and worship me. And they refused to because they worship the true and living God. So it says when the sound of the horn, the flute, and all the other instruments are there, you're to fall down and uh, worship the image I've made. 
If you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, Kim Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Wow, I love these guys' faith. They were bold. Thousands bowed down because they didn't want to get in trouble. These three stood up said, we're going to stand up for Jesus, regards what the whole world and my friends and my culture and my classmates and my community are going to do. I'm going to stand up for God. They decided to do that in the midst of all the opposition and pressure. They get called in. They said, our God is able to deliver us. And he will deliver us. That's faith. But even if he doesn't do it in the time and way we think it should happen, we're not going to bow down. I call that faith for the ideal and faith for the real. Faith for the ideal that God can heal and break through and restore and release us and set us free. But if it doesn't happen when or how we think it should, we need to keep trusting God for the real of walking through the pain in the valley because God's still with us and hasn't abandoned us. Listen to the message version. It says, Your threat means nothing to us. If you throw us in the fire, the God we serve can rescue us from your roaring furnace and anything else you might cook up, O king. But even if he doesn't, it wouldn't make a bit of difference, O king. We still wouldn't serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set up. They did it respectfully, but they did it boldly and courageously. I love that because they had faith for the ideal and faith for the real that might mean you've got to walk through some pain and suffering on the journey of life. And that's the truth that I want to talk about today. I was I bought a book about two, nearly two years ago, 18 months ago, Leadership Pain by Dr. Samuel Chand. Has anyone read that book? No one. I got the book and I left it on the side of my bed for about 12 months and then I hid it in my bookcase. And I thought I should read that. There's probably some good stuff in that because I've heard Dr. Sam Chand preach. He's a great preacher. And then a, a while ago I picked it up and started reading. I read one chapter, put it down. This is too painful. Well, guess what? I've almost read it the last week. When you're in pain, you say, I need some help to understand how to get through this pain. Here's a couple of quotes out of his book. The Classroom for Growth by Dr. Sam Chand. There is no growth without change, no change without loss, and no loss without pain. If you're hurting at times, if you are not hurting at some times, you are not growing. Remember the athletes? No pain, no gain. You go to the gym, no pain, no gain. You want to stretch your muscles, get stronger, you've got to have some pain to get some gain. It's the same emotionally and spiritually and mentally. We've sometimes got to press through some pain to get some gain and growth in our lives. Allow God to turn the pain of your past into the strength of your future. Don't run from your pain. Don't deny it exists. It is the most effective leadership development tool the world has ever known. Uh-oh. Now you know why I didn't want to read this book. You will only grow to the threshold of your pain, so raise it. Wow. I remember hearing Phil Pringle preach many years ago 
he said, you will only grow in leadership and in life to the level of the emotional pain that you can handle. I thought, wow, when I was about 20, I heard him say that. I thought, that doesn't make any sense. But now I'm in my 50s, I said, I understand now. Because we'll stop growing when we can't face the emotional pain or the pressure to change. We will stay, we'll set a ceiling. Oh, that's just too much pressure. I can't do that anymore. That's why God has invented marriage and parenting. Because <laughs> when you're a parent, you can't run away and send them back. And God will use the pressure of that to grow you and mature you in life. That's, and God allows situations. God's not the one to cause pain, but a whole pile of things are designed in life that we have to face stuff and grow and mature. And we all want, we want to uh, avoid it, deny it, self-medicate, do whatever, to uh, blame someone else. But God says, hey, why don't you just take my way and grow through it? James 1, verses 2 to 4. I'm not sure if this guy was in his right mind when he wrote this, but it's in the Bible. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. He was excited when the next trial came. I'm excited when they're finished and I've got a place of peace and rest again. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I wonder if there's a little secret in there why we see so many immature people in our world. We're all trying to avoid pressure and challenge to grow and change. And yet there's a pathway that some, there's some things you can only learn in life through pressure and challenge or pain. Marilyn and I, we've learned a whole lot of stuff through the difficult seasons of life. There are treasures that you find. There are jewels. The best diamonds aren't lying on the top of the ground. They're deep down in the ground. You've got to dig for them in the dark the dark times sometimes can be the times when you grow the greatest character and maturity but we don't like it why does God allow pain here's just a few reasons to test us to teach us his will to teach us patience sometimes to even punish sins so there's consequences like the prodigal son and you'll go back and say God forgive me and change me to humble us, to discipline us in love, to drive us to repentance, to get us to rely on His grace. Remember the Apostle Paul said he had a thorn in the, in the flesh. We're not sure whether that was a physical ailment or whether it was the persecution of the uh, religious Jews. Cried out to God three times, please remove this from me, it's too hard. And what did God say? No. No is sometimes an answer from God. He says, no, I'm not going to take it from you. You've had such incredible revelation from heaven and I can see you could easily become conceited and proud with what you have experienced. I am going to give you grace to handle this for the rest of your life. And he's called the apostle of grace. God refused to take away the pressure from his life. He said, I'm going to give you grace to handle it. It won't crush you. It won't destroy you, but it'll grow you. And you'll become an apostle of grace that will teach the generations of how to trust God through pain and difficulty. 
There are times where God will not remove some things from our lives until we've learnt the lesson he wants us to grow into of grace and maturity. Sometimes that might last for days, years or decades. Don't get angry at God. A lot of us think, well, God's not hearing my prayers. And then some well-meaning Christians say, well, your faith's not strong enough. Well, you must have sinned. Come on, get this sorted out. Mightn't be any of that. It might be God is loving you and trusting you enough to let you go through a journey to grow you. I remember years ago, I went through a very difficult season in ministry in a previous church. And we had all these crises happen over 18 months and all sorts of stuff went on. It was just crazy, crazy season. I thought I was going crazy at one stage. I used to wake up during the night scratching my skin. I thought I was just... I went to the doctor and said, it must be stress. But it wasn't. It turned out I had scabies from some relative who came and brought it into our house. <laughs> and if anyone's had scabies, you know, they only come active when you lie down to sleep. And then they, it feels like you've got something crawling under your skin and you can't sleep. It's just you scratch yourself crazy. And it was in the middle of all this, and I thought I was going crazy with stress. So when we found the right... Uh, thing the doctor next time went says it's not changing he says okay let's do some more tests and he found out within three days I was free of it with the right cream but I remember I thought I was going crazy and I rang up a prophet that I knew a real prophet of God a true prophet a really good mate from Melbourne who'd prophesied all sorts of stuff in our church and I told him what was happening and I'm waiting on the phone I says hey, you got a word from God me he was silent for about 20 seconds that this is I hope this is good he's just connecting with and he said well, Ross, I'm not sure what's all going on, but there must be something really big coming for God to trust you with all these trials. And then he hung up. <laughs> that was his prophetic word from heaven. I said, anything else? No, that's all God told me to tell you. I said, thanks, mate. <laughs> but it's been proven to be true. 20 years down the track, we're living in the overflow and blessing. And if I would have pulled back and not walk through that time together, we wouldn't be seeing what we're doing today. There are times where you've got to grow. Sometimes he uses pain to purify us. Sometimes to promote his glory and sometimes to further the gospel. Here's a few things I've learnt from God with regards to pain and suffering. God never abandons us, even when we can't sense his presence. I love when we worship and the presence of God comes and just everything's just... Oh, it's just so awesome. Or you're, you're driving in your car and you've got some praise music on and then you start to cry and this prayer, you've got to pull over, otherwise you're going to run into a post because you can't see for the presence of God and you're weeping in His presence. Or you're at home just reading the Word all of a sudden and think, wow, look at this, this is awesome. Look what I found. You know, and the whole house has got to hear about your revelation. And Even if your husband or wife sleep, hey, wake up, look what I found. He's just so excited, you know. It's awesome when God speaks of it. And then there are times when it's almost like he's almost silent and you just got to trust him and say, God, I trust you even though I don't feel you and I'm not sure what you're up to. That's when you grow and mature, sometimes even more. I've learned our faith and character are developed most powerfully in times of adversity. Oh, I wish there was another way. But God knows how we're wired up. And if we have lots of success and blessing and growth without some times of consolidation or adjustment or testing will be like those trees that grow really quickly 
and then they die and get blown over in the next little wind. There's no strength to them. Some of the strongest timber grows on trees on the side of cliffs where they've got constant wind blowing against them because you get stronger. God sometimes delivers us from pain, but more often he delivers us through the pain. Psalm 23. I love Psalm 23, but sometimes we only really dwell on the first three verses. The Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside still waters, beside the green pastures, restores our soul. Let me get to verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Really? Why did the psalmist have to spoil the first three verses? This was a great psalm. Even though I walk through the valley, we all want to avoid the valley, or we want someone else to go through it for us and then tell us how to to learn the lesson so we don't have to learn them ourselves. Why do you think we read so many Christian books and listen to other people's testimonies so we can learn from their mistakes and we don't have to do them ourselves? Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Then it says... You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Really, I'd prefer it in the presence of my friends. That would be a lot easier way to do life. There are times where the presence and power and grace of God becomes so powerful when you're in the middle of very difficult, challenging, stretching, pressuring times. But let me tell you, you'll never forget those times and you will grow and mature in a trust that is awesome. And it goes on and says... Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. The psalmist got it right towards the end again. Do we really need verses 4 and 5 in the middle? Yes, we do. And the good news is it says when it will follow you, that word actually means to pursue. So God's actually busy pursuing you all of your life to bless you. Even when you're going through a great trial, he's there to bless you and carry you and teach you and grow you in the middle of the difficult time. Wow. When we face our deepest fears, our faith grows because we find God to be faithful. When doubts cloud our minds, it's time to refocus on God's grace, greatness, and wisdom. We may not like the path God has chosen for us, but we need to humbly accept pain as part of His plan. Wow. I'm not sure if I would have preached this a few years ago, but after the pain of four broken ribs and and I remember years ago and we played a touch football game where I broke my first bones, a touch football game that turned into a tackle game and I landed on a ball and broke two ribs in the front. I felt them crack as I hit the ground. Tim remembers that, eh? My mate Tim. They were all laughing at me until they realised I was really hurt. They were right in the front, so for six weeks you can hardly breathe, you can't roll over at night, every sneeze and every cough, just like someone knifes you. Thankfully, these four broken ribs aren't quite as bad because they're at the back, so I can breathe, but coughing and sneezing is still very painful. And then I remember last year I did my Achilles tendon. I thought someone had shot me in the back of the leg and went through a few months of pain. I said, God, I've been really healthy. What's going on here? And I realized that all of us go through sometimes a pain. Physically, emotionally and mentally are inside of us and people can't see that sort of pain. Sometimes it's easier to see that physical pain because you can, you've got something to show for it. But when it's on the inside, we don't know, don't know how to process it. Sometimes the pain of 
other people around you and you suffer the consequences of their wrong, painful choices. You know, bad things happen to good people because we live in a broken world. But God's still with us. And it's how we respond determines how we're going to cope with the journey of life. Psalm 84 verse 4 says, there's another one of those awesome psalms. Blessed and greatly favored are those who dwell in your house and your presence. They'll be singing your praise all day long. Blessed and greatly favored is the man whose strength is in you, in his, whose heart are the highways to Zion, passing through the valley of weeping or baca. Oh, mate, the psalmist got it wrong again. We're having a great day until all of a sudden we're going through the place of weeping or baca. They make it a place of springs. So the pl- place of weeping and pain can be place, come a place of springs and new life because you grow in trust in God and you find a place of refreshing and overflow that can just transform your perspective and attitude to God and people. The early rain also covers it with blessings. They go from strength to strength, increasing in victorious power. Each of them appears before God in Zion. You'll see this pattern all through the scriptures. Just because you go through difficult pain doesn't always mean you don't have enough faith. Doesn't always mean you didn't pray right. Or where were the angels? Or whose fault is this? Remember when Jesus, they had the the blind, I said, whose fault is it, him or his parents? And Jesus said, neither. But I'm going to bring glory out of this situation and healed him. There are some things happening in life, you don't have the answers. Don't be God. He's God and he will show us what we need to know, but don't try and sort it all out. He'll show us what we need to know. And God wants to bring us through. Let's look at a few other Bible verses on pain and suffering. Christian's attitude toward pain. Number one, don't be surprised when it comes. We must expect it sometimes. Why? Because Jesus said it would be. John 16.33 says, I have told you this thing so that in me you may have peace. Hallelujah. In this world you will have trouble. Uh-oh. But take heart, I've overcome the world. Jesus warned us, said, in this world we will have some trouble. There's really good news in, Genesis, in Revelation 21, which we'll talk about next week, that when Jesus comes, there'll be no more crying and no more pain. Hallelujah. It's going to be a great day. But in this life, there will be sometimes some pain and God will give us grace to work through it. I've never preached a message on pain or suffering like this before. Some of you have probably never heard a message on it before because we live in such a success-orientated culture and yet it's all through the Bible. There are whole books of the Bible dealing with suffering and pain and we rarely read them because they don't fit in with our nice, Western, comfortable, convenient Christianity. But there's a depth to this that God wants us to grasp and live with and grow in maturity and we will see his breakthrough. So number one, don't be surprised when it comes. We must expect it from time to time. Number two, we may have to endure it. God will sometimes quickly set us free. I love miracles and breakthrough. I've seen many in my life. I've experienced some. Other times he takes us through and at the end of it, the breakthrough comes. God's a God of grace and healing and amazing blessing. But he, he's, 
He doesn't just want to relieve us from suffering. His greatest goal is to form Christ in us so that his kingdom can be revealed on earth. That's a greater goal than relieving your immediate pain. But our Western Christianity is sometimes focused on the wrong thing. We want the blessings without the reason the blessings and the process is all there. It's about his kingdom, not about our comfort. If you walk in his kingdom, you'll experience the blessings and the healing and the breakthrough and the the stories and the testimonies. But let's remember it's about his kingdom and it's about Jesus and his ways is more important than our comfort alone. And if we get that, you live an overflowing blessed life, whether you're in the middle of incredible blessing or going through a valley. 2 Timothy 4.5 says, Keep your eye on what you're doing. Accept the hard times along with the good. Wow, accept them. Don't fight them. Accept them. Grow through them and say, God, I want to be a blessing to other people. Take, but take heart. Oh, sorry. Um, keep the message alive. Do it thorough. Do a thorough job as God's servant. I think one of the versions says, endure hardship like a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Oh, some of those Paralympians, mate, they go through incredible hardship to get to the Olympics. Wow. Some of us, New Year's Day, yep, we've got some New Year's resolution. We're going to go to the gym three times a week. We get there for about two and a half weeks, and oh, this is too hard, mate. This is hard. This is hard. I'm going to eat well for the, the, all this year. We make it about three and a half days on that one. I'm going to be really nice to the people that are, are not nice to me. Well, some of us make it through the first week on that one, and some of us don't even make it through the first day on that one. God, help us to grow in your nature, in your heart, your spirit, your ways. Help us to mature in the ways of our God. Thirdly, we must realize that not all people are delivered by their faith. Hebrews 11 is a great chapter of faith. You've read, they call it the Hall of Fame, the faith chapter. Once again, we sometimes stop before we get to the last few verses. It says in verse 39 and 40, And all of these, though they gained divine approval through their faith, did not receive the fulfillment of what was promised, because God had us in mind and had something better for us, so that they, these men and women of authentic faith, would not be made perfect, that is, completed in Him apart from us. There were some people who died before they saw the fulfillment, but sometimes it came through their children or the next generation. And that's a real challenge when God's given you a hope and a promise and it doesn't happen through you. It might happen through someone you lead to Jesus and then they go and do what God showed you and you've got to release and rejoice with the others who do it. I remember we were at Budrum for nearly 12 years and um, God helped us to plant a, a great church there and it grew into... A great church. It's an awesome church now. It's Calvary Church. We were involved in helping plant that and pastor it for many years. Saw nine years of incredible blessing. Then we had 18 months of pure hell. Then we had a year of blessing at the end. And then one day God says, time to have a rest and hand it to someone else. And we felt that's where God had planned us. And we were going to stay there all of our days of ministry. We'd seen hundreds of people get saved and miracles and incredible things happen. But I remember the day when God said, it's time for you to let go. We took a while to wrestle that through because we thought that was our plan and purpose. It was a bit like David. God says, I want you to, the temple to be built. Gave him all the plans and all the reasons. But he said, you're not going to build it. Your son's going to build it. 
you can get upset about that or you can flow with God's plan and purpose. We laid it down and says, God, you've obviously got another plan. Raised up other leaders. That's an awesome church now. Touching thousands of people. And God brought us up here over two and a half years later where we had to just trust him and say, Lord, show us what our next step is. There are times in your life where it won't make sense. Well, you just got to trust him. Reversals happen. Sicknesses happen. Disappointments happen. What are you going to do with them? Are you going to blame God or get angry? Or are you going to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abinio? Our God's able to heal us and deliver us and set us free. But even if it doesn't happen the way we think and when it should and how it should, we're going to still trust you fully with all of our heart and believe that you're going to turn this for good. That's mature faith. And we've had to learn that journey and it gets tested. When you get knocked off bikes, it gets tested again. If I wasn't angry at God, I was thankful I didn't have any more serious injuries. And I just know that God turns everything for good. He really does. A couple more and we'll wrap it up. We must be patient in it. Romans 12, 12. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction. Who's good when you're sick? Some guys out there with a the man flu, it's like the world has fallen out, fallen in on them. Ladies have had babies and cope with a lot more pain. Some guys, mate, they get a little scratch and the whole world has got to stop. Patient in affliction. Wow. I'm not sure how we'd all go on one out of ten on that one, hey? Faithful in prayer. We can rejoice in it. Romans 5.1 Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Oh, come on, Paul. Glory in them. Rejoicing in your sufferings. He knew something greater than we do that when he trusted God with his whole life, even through difficult times, the kingdom of God can grow very powerfully. It's hard to believe, but the times of most rapid church growth in history is when there's great persecution. Why is that? I think because we get into comfortable Christianity zone, when there's a bit of pressure and opposition, we grow. I've been to Vietnam and Burma years ago, in the early 90s where there was the, the underground church there were people thrown in prison I remember an hour running through the back streets of Ho Chi Minh to lose the secret police that are chasing us so we could catch up with the pastor's wife and her husband had been in jail for three years because he ran 300 churches that's the only reason in jail and uh, in the end they threw him out of jail because he led nearly all the prisoners to Jesus and everyone was getting healed and the power of God broke loose. They, had to, they put him in another jail and the same thing happened. So then they, they threw him out of jail. They didn't know what to do with him because wherever he went, the power of God. That's the sort of guy. And so we spent an hour trying to f get to his wife. And we had two hours with her. And I thought, wow, you guys know Jesus. And I spent time with guys that had been in prison for years because they're pastors. And their bodies were deformed. They were hung, hung up in their shoulder blades and their bones were deformed out of shape because they were beaten so often for Jesus and now they were out preaching the gospel again 
I spent hours hearing their stories. Let me tell you, my life was changed when I sat there with them. And then they said, can you, I want you to pray for them and prophesy them. I said, no, I'd rather they lay hands on me because I want some of the faith they've got. I was, I was just humbled. I, and I said, no, you've come from the other side of the world. They want you to pray for them and encourage them. I said, the fact that you've come here, and we had to go into hiding to get there, and it was just, I hold you, I, I look back now, I must have been crazy. I must have been crazy to do that stuff. I remember one night we'd smuggled Bibles in, and uh, we had to get rid of them within a day because the secret police are after you. And at three o'clock that first morning, we're in the hotel and the phone rings. You've traveled all day and night and you're in, and in a broken English, security here. And my heart honestly missed a beat. I remember my heart missed a beat and I thought, God, please help me get out of this country alive. Thankfully, it was the hotel security. They said, you've left your window open. I thought it was the secret police coming to arrest us because they knew we had Bibles. <laughs> I had twice that sort of thing happen. I'm thinking, God, what am I doing here? But I had the privilege of talking to pastors and leaders that had been through years and decades of severe persecution. Some of their friends had been killed for their faith. And when you, when you spend some time with them, let me tell you, it puts our comfortable Western Christianity into a whole new world. That's the reason I go on missions trips at least once every couple of years to India or somewhere because it just centers my world again and I realize just how materialist and how comfortable our Christian world is in Australia. I need a dose of that sort of faith reality in my soul. I thought, Lord, you're so powerful. But they're totally happy. They've got this joy in their heart. I think they've been talking to the Apostle Paul because they rejoiced in their sufferings. I thought, you guys know something I don't know. And I don't like pain or suffering. None of us do. And you don't go looking for it. But I thought, Lord, there's a kingdom reality that is so rich that even when we go through difficult times, if we learn to respond and surrender and reach out to God, we grow in his freedom and maturity. Don't step back from it. It goes on, and because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Two more quick things and then we're going to finish the message next week because there's just so much. We must overcome. Revelation 2.10, do not be afraid of what you're about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you and you will suffer persecution for 10 days. Be faithful even to the point of death and I will give you life as your victor's crown. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who is victorious will not be hurt at all by the second death. Wow. This is a challenging, sobering message, but it's also a message of freedom because we don't hear this very often. And I had a guy come and see me a few months ago. He's, a real, he's an older prophetic guy. And he said, there's some challenging times coming on our nation. He said, I am so disturbed because very few pastors are teaching their people to prepare for what might come. And I took it in a, it was a gentle but a firm warning saying, and I don't think we're going to be thrown in prison for our faith soon. But light and darkness is clashing. And I believe we've got a whole lot of Christians that are very shallow in their faith. 
And if we were challenged significantly, many of us would find an, an excuse or a way out. And I believe God says, hey, I want people to learn how to endure, how to trust him with all of their heart, to live wholeheartedly for Jesus, whether the blessings are flowing and it's peaceful and joyful, or whether there's some strife and challenge. And this guy wasn't a well-known preacher. He just had a prophetic voice, and I listened to him, and I, okay, Lord. And I don't want to scare anyone, because we're living in, we're going into a great harvest time. We're going to see an amazing harvest in these next months and years in our nation, because darkness is increasing, so people are desperate for answers. We're moving into an incredible season of blessing and favor, but sometimes there's some persecution and pressure comes with it. Are we ready to grow and mature and handle that? That's what I'm saying. And I believe God's going to teach us and take us on this amazing journey of blessing and freedom. And we're going to see his hand and power. Because these Vietnamese pastors, for six hours I listened to them tell us the testimonies of the angels showing up regularly in their meetings. The secret police would be coming one way and God give them a vision saying, no, you go that way and they would go this way. And people being raised from the dead. I was there and a guy got bitten by a poisonous snake. Within 10 minutes they die. He never had any after effects. They just lay hands on him and go on with normal life. They didn't tell me about it till the next morning. That's the way they live. I thought, Lord, teach me your ways. Help us to live with a greater sense of your presence and your reality in our lives. And I just know that God's drawing us. And sometimes when we go through some tests and trials, some pressures and pain, God wants to use it to grow us and mature us. Don't waste it. Believe for breakthrough. He's the God of miracles and God comes often in his grace because I've found sometimes he'll take you for a journey and all of a sudden he'll be over and you move into another place of great blessing. But don't waste your pain. Lastly, as the worship team come, we must not become discouraged or lose heart. Second Corinthians 4, 7 to 10 says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side but not crushed, perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. I think, wow. We don't like reading those verses. It's very quiet out there today. So I'm thinking, wow. Is this real Christianity? It's part of the journey. And sometimes we've made... We've made Australian Christianity so comfortable, convenient, and blessed. And that's all so valued. But if you want to have some great music, I'm not a musician. I can play six chords on the guitar. That's my claim to musical fame. But I do know that if you want some really powerful music with harmonies and that really rises, and you need some minor chords in there. If you have all major chords only, it lacks a depth and a strength and an impact on your soul. You need some minor chords in there to make the major ones really make sense. Sometimes we go through some difficulties, some battles, some fights in our minds and our hearts and our, 
our relationships and our, and our beings. God wants to bring a new song out of your soul. A new harmony through sometimes the walk of grief and loss. The battle with sickness or disability. For you or your family. The upsets that we've allowed us to, we've pushed away or pulled back and just made it safe. God says, why don't you press in with all of your being and let's grow and mature in the ways of God. Because I've got a song to sing over this community. That's not going to come unless more of my people know what it means to walk through the valley and come out the other side. They're just going to hear a nice positive message of hope, but they, they're not going to see and hear Jesus and His grace and power manifest fully if there's not enough people that have proven Him through the fires, that have not given up when there's some pressure, that haven't avoided the battle to come into freedom in your mind and your soul. That have buried stuff instead of bringing it to the servant and let God heal the rejection and pain of your soul. The performance pressure that comes in our society. The image stuff that you just got to have it all right and all the right clothes and all the right words and all this and all that and in church circles it's you, you didn't pray right or you didn't do this right or you didn't do that right just try harder God's not a try harder God he's a God of grace that leads us and teaches us how to live in freedom I feel him calling us today don't settle for less let's keep walking forward don't pull back, but step forward. Let's stand in His presence right now. I believe God's calling us to stand in His kingdom and purposes. To allow Him to put into perspective some of the challenges that you and I face. That maybe you're in right now, or maybe you've had happen. Because His grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. His love is more than enough. His presence will go with you wherever you go. Our God is able to deliver us. But even if He doesn't do it when and how we think it should happen, I'll still be with you and you will trust me. And He is the God of miracles. He's the God of grace that will keep walking with you. There are people today right now that He's reaching out to to bring breakthrough and healing and release. There are some times we've, we've settled for shallow explanations on some of the things of our lives instead of finding the, the truth of faith and God's grace through the journeys. Don't waste your pain. Jesus took all of our pain on the cross. He suffered and died so that we can walk in the blessing of His suffering. But there are times when we share a little bit of the fellowship of his suffering so that we understand what it means to be a man or woman of God. Just close your eyes. Let the presence of God just touch your heart. His holy presence is here right now. He's calling some people to, to respond and rise up. Took some of you to lay down some things that have been painful or distracting or tormenting 
Let's lay it down right now and say, Jesus. Some people right now, you've had emotional pain. You've had... There's people here and you've had depression that has tried to rob your identity and your value. The Spirit of God right now is coming to touch your soul and give you a hope to make sense of the pain and the pressure you've walked through. We're going to sing this beautiful song. I'm just going to open the altar right now. There are some people here and you need to come and connect with God. This message has grabbed your heart. You say, well, there's been a silent pain in my mind or body or soul. I just don't know what to do with it. But today I want you to come and just lay it on the altar and just say, Jesus, here's my life. I just feel the presence of God just drawing some people right now. Just come. He's the God of grace and miracles. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.